Do that. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me tonight. Yeah, of course. Um, always love talking to fellow ABC ambassadors because we'll just ignore this fact right here. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I brought a stump jump to the party. I can just kind of do this on it. I, I ordered some, but it hasn't come yet. It's going to be here, like, of course, tomorrow or Saturday. So, just yeah, in- uh, I just ordered a, a whole nother case of like six cases of beer. And because I'm on the triathlon team for athletic, I have another case coming tomorrow. So, but uh, when this podcast comes out, be able to reveal what's in the contents i i honestly don't even know what's in the contents of the case yet but i know there is beer so that's good beer is always good yeah cheers absolutely Mm. i should have put it my put into my athletic koozie (laughs) (laughs) there you go nobody knows the difference but luckily there's not actually video part of this podcast so we're good yeah yeah so but yeah, awesome. it is, yeah. I, I've been following you on Instagram for just about a year, just over a year, I think. Um, got connected through Athletic Brewing Ambassadors and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, love what you're doing. I think I followed you mid. Were you doing the like burrito a day thing? Yeah. So um, I became an athletic ambassador in July of last year. But um, I did start the burrito a day thing at the beginning of last year. So I went 220 days straight of eating a big ass burrito or two or three a day that I made. What drove that? <laughs> uh, so with training for my full Ironman that I did in September in Wisconsin, it was just a quick way to get fuel. So yeah. And I could load a bunch of calories into a burrito and eat it while I'm running or riding. So that's how I did it. Nice, nice. Why burritos? Why not like club sandwiches or something like that? Club sandwiches take a little longer to put together. With a burrito, you just lay out the wrap, you throw everything in it, wrap it up, and you're good to go. There you go. Quick and easy on the go. Yeah. So I mean, with, with these types of sports you know you gotta kind of eat on the go so yes that's that's one thing that i want to get into is like what got you into triathlons because i'm i'm a marathoner and i admit that i'm insane and there's some psychological imbalance going on that i regularly want to train and run marathons but let alone like full ironman competitions and all of that stuff so What's what's uh, the story behind how you got into those? All right. So uh, before I did any endurance sports, um, you know, I I got out of the army. And after going to war and all that, I've just been kind of messed up kind of psychologically mm-hmm. and uh, dealing with PTSD and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I did weightlifting and, you know, I, I was, I was big. I, I was fat. I had a lot of weight on me and, uh, I was drinking, you know, a 12 case a night of regular beer, you know, and drinking whiskey every weekend, um, just out of control. When I first got out of the army, I was drinking every night, like my first year, like solid year. I was at the bar every night, but Recently, within the past few years, you know, I finally had my my awakening, I guess, uh, if you would say. So the end of 2019, my uh, my stress level was real bad. Um, just, you know, dealing with PTSD and then uh, my marriage is kind of failing. And, um, you know, I'm just it, it all just came at me at one time. So. I had a gun to my head uh, Christmas that year in 2019. And uh, while my wife and kids were laying in bed, you know, I had it to my head and I, I stopped myself. 
And I was like, you know, there's there's something more to this. You, you can't just quit here. Um, you just got to stop giving up on yourself because for a, a lot of my life, I gave up on myself in a lot of things, never really saw it through, even though I had very big ambitions, like wanting to do things and just people telling me, no, you can't do that. And so I listened to those people for so long and I thought going away into the army would change that, change my mindset on everything, which it did for a little bit. But then when I got back, just, you know, everything was messed up. So after that night, my wife and I had like a big fight on New Year's Eve and um, she was going to take the kids. Like, I didn't tell her that I was going to commit suicide or anything yet. You know, like it, it happened a few months later or yeah, about two months later after that, that I finally told her. And then I kickstarted my health journey with 75 hard in February, right after I told her. And what's so, that, the 75 hard? 75 hard is a free program that anybody can do. Um, Andy Frasilla, I don't know if you listen to his podcast, but um, he's got the rules and everything on there. But the main thing is you take your progress photo every day. You do two workouts a day that are 45 minute workouts. One of them's outside, one of them's inside. You read 10 pages in a nonfiction book. Um, you stick to a diet, no cheat meals, no alcohol. Um, you know, you can't get high, which me, I can't anyway, because I work in the feds. So uh, I, I can't do that. Um, and then what else was it? Uh, man, it took me three times to complete it, but I finally completed the 75. Um, but yeah, so you, you, it just helped me get into a routine, right? And so I started climbing and I fell in love with climbing right at the beginning of it. Uh -huh. And that was, you know, pre COVID-19. So right before everything shut down and, uh, I was climbing outside, climbing in the gyms, um, I was starting to run a little bit more hitting obstacle courses because we have an obstacle course here at where I live, um, which is right across the street from my work. Um, so yeah. And then the whole world fucking shut down. So, uh, and I was swimming too. So like I, I coach water polo. I, I grew up playing water polo. So I always come back to it for some reason, the water just calls me back and, uh, swimming in the ocean. So that, 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 you know, jump started everything back my outdoor workouts, indoor workouts. Um, and then because I had to be sober during all that time, uh, I found athletic and I was like, there's no way there could be a great tasting craft beer, like <laughs> that tastes anything like a real beer. And then I just, I bought some for the heck of it because it didn't break. It didn't compromise my, my plan that I had going on, you know, my daily routine. Dare I say it was without compromise. Yeah, exactly. Without compromise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I tried it and I just fell in love with it. And I started emailing Mason, like, like this beer is really freaking good. And, you know, I was listening to their podcasts and stuff and I, I just been messaging him and I was like, how the heck do I join this, this, this team? You know, like, uh, I, I want to be a part of this big thing. And, he was just like, well, you know, we kind of have an ambassador program and all that. You just read up into it and you make your decision. Well, um, while I was doing 75 hard, I, I started writing goals down of what I wanted to do in 2020. So I set out my first goal was I'm going to complete an Ironman. So that's when my training started for that. And I was still drinking athletic beer, posting about them a lot. And I was like, you know, like, I can't just go and be an ambassador for a, uh, a business like that unless I'm actually living that lifestyle and showing that I am doing that. 
with with their product, but like full on believing in it and going through on my journey with that. So, I mean, that's kind of how it went. Like, I'm not going to sell something to you if I don't believe in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that to anybody. There's a level of integrity that comes with that. Exactly. You're put your name on it. You're going to make sure you damn well believe in it. Yeah. So even though I had tasted it, tried it out and all that, I, I wanted to make it a thing. So after every bike ride or during a bike ride or during a run, I, I would drink one. So that kickstarted everything. I don't, I don't know if I went too long into that, but uh, that's, that's what started. It was 2020. Like, you know, I've over the last four, almost five years, I've lost 120 pounds to get to where I'm at now, which I look like a friggin' beast from what I've been told. Um, but yeah, like it's just, consistency that got me here yeah i've seen i've seen some of the like before and after pictures you post and it's just like this is not at all the same person like you've done an incredible job and your journey is definitely inspiring like fitness alone but everything else too and it's it's envious almost and i'm kind of in a bit of a rut right now with my training where it's just I have so much else going on and even though it's at the point where you to let anything go it shouldn't be your fitness because it helps so much with mindset and everything like that's just the first thing that is falling by the wayside yeah um and I've been kind of looking to social media to get some more inspiration your page is definitely a huge source of it where it's like well I got to go out for my run tonight. <laughs> yeah. No excuses. Like, uh, even, you know, with having two toddlers and now my wife started her own business, uh, the beginning of this year, she has a gym now. So it's a women's only gym, but the kids can go like, that's where they're at right now, or else I wouldn't be able to do this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, like I incorporate my, my children into my training. So, um, you know, I take them to the park, I work out at the park, mm-hmm. let them run around, let them burn their energy while I'm burning my energy. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a lot of calisthenic workouts. Um, with running, I have the double stroller, which now they're a little too heavy. Like this, the run I did this last weekend was freaking brutal. Uh, is like 130 pounds going up a, you know, a hill. So, uh, yeah, that it makes it complicated, but I'm, I'm trying to incorporate them. And then a lot of my biking for this triathlon I'm training for is been mainly indoors just because my wife is working. So the kids have another like indoor bike next to me. So we, we do, uh, you know, a little spin class together. That's awesome. And then, uh, the other one will run around and play and they'll switch out. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. So of the, of the triathlon sports, which one do you favorite the most? Is it uh, swimming because of like water polo and everything? Uh, yeah, so that's that's my strong suit. Um, and uh, I, I'm trying to venture more into the uh, marathon swimming world too. Um, there's There's stuff that I have plans for in the future, but it's more of – trying to fund the project because it, it'll be like a five-month swim so um it's uh i, I kind of want to build my credibility first and get a lot of other marathon swims out of the way before i do something like that because mm-hmm. uh that's a huge commitment taking five months off of your life it's kind of like doing you know the pct or yeah. uh the at but uh for me it, it would be a solo like with a boat and swimming 10 to 20 K a day to make it from one point to the other. Like that's what it would be. And nobody's done it. So I, I just want to do it yeah. and hopefully be the first to do it. Mm-hmm. But before that, I have to knock out some more of these bigger swims first. And, and where is that located? Uh, the one that I want to do. Uh, I haven't really like made it public at all or told okay. very many people. So, 
Uh, we'll keep it on the DL for now. Yeah, I, I want to keep it on the DL for now and keep everybody's minds kind of rolling with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's that's awesome, though, that you're trying to do something that, like, no one else has done before. Like, yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, so what, what, what are some of the things that I guess you've gotten out of being part of the athletic team? Because I, I know a lot of people have gotten, uh, like, each person takes a different takes different value out of it. So what's some of the value that you've gotten from it? Um, so the value I've gotten out of it is um, I'm getting the, uh, the trust of this company to put me into a pretty uh, intense situation with racing and I mean, um, it's, it's letting me go out and hit a personal goal for myself. So with the full Ironman, that was just my first like triathlon since I was what 10 years old. Oh, wow. And it was 20 years later. So, um, my expectations for that was really just finishing. Like I trained so hard to try and hit a certain time limit to where I wanted to do it. Like, you know, sub 10 hours, like that was my goal it ended up being a little over 12 hours. So I asked for this opportunity basically to help kind of raise awareness for veterans out there that have PTSD and how endurance sports has changed my life around to where I just kind of get in this zone where, you know, some people use medication, some people use booze, some people use, um, uh, cannabis, uh, I like to use endurance sports because that way I'm not compromising my body at all. And I'm self-medicating myself by doing what humans were meant to do. And that's physical activity. So I want to raise awareness and that's what athletic is letting me do is raise awareness for veterans like myself. And unfortunately, uh, I lost another friend of mine right before Thanksgiving. Um, he took his life and I'm actually wearing a band for him for the race to dedicate the race to him too. So um, they already know that and they're cool with it. Like I asked permission first, like, you know, mm -hmm. I know I'm part of the athletic team, but I want to dedicate that. Like that's, that's what I'm getting out of it is that I'm fulfilling something to someone that meant something to me. Um, he was, uh, you know, one of, one of my NCOs in the army. Uh -huh. uh, he was a leader and I, I just want to, I want to take him through the finish line with me and athletics letting me do that. So I, I appreciate everything they do for me. Um, as an ambassador and now letting me race and hopefully hit a personal goal for a half Ironman. Cause I've never done a half Ironman. I've only done a full and this will be my second triathlon in 20 years, you know? And, uh, you know, after I did my first 50 K last year too, and 50 miler, I, I got bit by the endurance bug, you know, and yeah. I signed up for like six other races this year. And one of them's a four day race. One of them's Havelina hundred. Uh, I just got accepted into the lottery for Waldo 100 K I'm doing, uh, the Quicksilver endurance run 100 K which three of these races are all Western States qualifiers. And two of them are UTMB points because I want to eventually try and go to France to UTMB and, yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, like uh, I, I'm not planning on being a pro or anything. I just want to keep hitting these goals and mm -hmm. fulfill them. So, well, it's not, it sounds like you are well on your way for that. Like, um, so what what about like some of the training techniques that you've done? For what what are some tips that you have, or just things that you found make training for these things easier? Okay, so food. Food is like one of the most important and rest. 
So food and recovery by far the most important. You have got to put fuel in your body during the race and what kind of foods you want to eat. Personally, I've learned the plant-based diet has been the best, which is what I've switched over to two years ago now. And so I'll carry potatoes on me. I'll eat potatoes. I'll eat um, burritos. What, what form of potatoes? Because there's some that are healthier than others. So I steam. I steam my potatoes. Okay. So a- actual literal potatoes, not like potato chips or French fries. Yeah, no, not potato chips or French fries. Maybe after like a race, like yeah. after my Ironman, I wouldn't got but like if a If I had all that grease in my stomach while running, like it's a comedy. Yeah, no, can't do that. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, burritos for instance, and, uh, beers. So like athletic beer, I put those in my drop bags, mm-hmm. um, because it, it helps with my stomach. So if, uh, if I have an upset stomach, which a lot of people get while they're doing high intensity training with endurance and, you know, let's say you're at mile 30, mile 40, and you're at your first drop bag and your stomach's a little queasy and you don't know if you can eat, but you need to eat that food in your drop bag, have an athletic beer because that's going to just help kind of uh, settle your stomach with the fizziness or use a day pack, the seltzer. So I've used both and uh, that's helped me. Actually, I stole that little tip from Camille Heron. Uh, Yeah, she's a beast. But uh, I mean, most, most of the stuff that, that I've incorporated in my training, I've learned from reading and um, I don't know if you, have you heard of the no meat athlete? Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of my recipes that I do for my recovery through food is with their cookbook, the no meat athlete cookbook. And um, it even has meals for on the go gels, uh, drinks, etc. So um definitely a great source. But yeah, I carry potatoes on me. I carry uh tortilla wraps with peanut butter for that salt. Mm-hmm. And with running high intensity, you know, incline stuff like that, like you burn a lot of fat. So for me it's trying to get the salt in and the fat because I sweat a lot too mm-hmm. um, to replenish some of it. But uh yeah, just, just staying on top of that nutrition is, is key. And then with recovery, I do yoga twice a week just to really get like the deep stretch in to stretch my legs out. Cause they get real tight, like mm-hmm. especially my hips. Cause, um, I was injured in Afghanistan and that's one of my injuries. So if I'm not productively trying to recover that, then it, you know, it's going to stop me in the long run. Yeah. And what's, what goes on with your hip? Is it like tightness or? Um, so I have sciatica, okay. like mild, mild sciatica. And then um, I tore the ligaments in my ankle from the same injury because um, my rucksack was shot in combat and it just like threw me off balance down this mountainside and I just, I fucked up my leg and, um, it's, it's been a long recovery process. The, the injury happened almost what 10 years ago now, 2012. Um, and you know, docs told me I would never run again. Uh, they had me in a boot for like six months, nine months, something like that crutches for a year. Um, uh, yeah, I walked like a duck for a while <laughs> like my, my pigeon toes or whatever. Um, it was just uncomfortable walking anywhere and, um, any shoes I bought, you know, like I I didn't know much about shoes and, and that's what I learned a lot by reading recently too on running shoes. And, uh, I've progressed from buying new balances and ASICs to, uh, ultras and Luna sandals. So, I figured out what I need to run on. And then finally my, my foot's kind of in a healing process. Like it's, it's healed so far, but I still have shooting pain every now and then. Mm-hmm. So I ice, uh, when it hurts and then my low back from being blown up in a truck, 
um, I have issues with my back to my low back. So I'm constantly have the heat pack, the ice pack. And then I, I just got the hyper ice leggings too. So I throw those on, um, every day for like at least 30 minutes. They're, they're a game changer. But you still have time to be the family man and do your job and all that stuff. And yeah, full-time job, family man. A lot of work. Training. Training, training for any of these is a lot of work. Like it's the, I honestly don't know how like your, your type of athlete, the triathlons, the ultras do it. Cause I I'm training. Okay, Chris, let me, let me tell you this. All right. Yeah. How many hours do you work at your job a day? I'm there nine hours. Okay. So how much more time do you have in the day? Because average sleep should be six to seven hours, right? Yeah. So you got all that extra time right in the middle there to do what else you need to do in your day. It's just prioritizing what needs to get done first to where then you can be lazy later. Yeah. So my, my thing that I like to do is like on my day off is knock out my workouts as soon as I wake up. Like I get my coffee going or take a pre-workout, get, get something, sometimes not even caffeine. I just go. So like Wednesday, yesterday, I went straight over to the high school and did my run. So I did a little loop and it was kind of my shakeout run day. So it was real slow. And then I did some laps around the track. And then as soon as I was done there, I threw on my speedo and jumped in the pool for an hour, knocked out what, uh, two and a half miles in the pool, jumped out, came home, ate something real quick, uh, some garbanzo beans and all that, and some greens, some potatoes, and then I jumped on the bike. Um, my legs were kind of sore yesterday, so my bike ride was actually pretty short because I was just like, eh, yeah, not feeling it today. So there's some days where I have like amazing training days where I train for like five hours straight with feeding in between mm-hmm. and just knocking out whatever. And then there's some weeks like this week where I, I started out good and then just, I don't know, it, it played with me mentally, like, you know, what the hell's going on? But that's me telling myself, oh shit, you skipped your rest day, you dumbass. You know, so uh, today I ran and I, I was still a little sore. So I'm like, OK, I'm going to take tomorrow off. So I, I listen to my body and then on my days off, I'll make up for what I didn't do throughout the week with um, the kids, you know, yeah. um, checking in on them, doing stuff with them, um, doing stuff with the wife, um, going over whatever I missed out on to make up for that during that time or if we're just going to sit and watch a movie or something like that you know um but it's it's really just prioritizing that time that you have extra in the day so when i get out of work i got to figure out how to shut out work and the best way to do that is i'm gonna go work out like on a monday for instance i'll go swim right after i get out of work at noon because i work 4 a.m to noon and as soon as I get home, then, you know, it, it just depends on what's going on with my family, too. Like, I don't know if you have a family, but I, I have to constantly change my scheduling around mm-hmm. around them. So usually we set my training plan ahead of time, but then something will come up. So then I have to change it. So if it's me having to get up earlier in the morning at like two to get in a ride real quick indoors, then I'll do that and I'll cut some of my sleep back, but I'll make up for it on my day off if I sleep in or whatever, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So the faster you get stuff done in the day, the more time you have to mess around. Yeah. Everyone's got 24 hours in the day. It's not like exactly. it's not like you have 36 and I have 10. Like we all have 24 hours of the day. Exactly. But so, what what does a rest day look like for you? Are you just 
because I know some people are like, well, on a rest day, instead of 10 miles, I only do three. But then there's other people where it's like, nope, I'm resting. I'm not doing anything, not looking at a bike, not even thinking about running. Okay, so a rest day for me, yoga. At least an hour out of the day of yoga. Sometimes it'll be two 45-minute sessions or, you know, just whatever my body can take. But I feel like it helps me rejuvenate to start the next training week. And then after I'm done doing yoga, I literally just sit on my butt or kind of clean up the house a bit, you know, cause the kids destroy it. And, uh, and then I'll throw my legs in the hyper ice and just let them hug my, my legs and massage them. And yeah, I mean, literally just nothing and eat right, but don't eat as much as you would consume in a day that you're training. Cause you know, you tend to eat more on a training day and then on a rest day, you, you want to eat that much because you're used to eating that much, but you shouldn't. Yeah. So like I ran into that problem recently too. Like I, I caught myself doing it and I was like, wow, I, I didn't see this coming. Like I, I thought I was training today and my mind wasn't was working. Better than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how many calories do you normally eat a day? Is it, or do you not track? Is it just kind of, uh, so I was tracking for a while and then like the start of the year, I was just like, you know what? Like, I feel like I'm not getting enough food in and I wasn't on like a set schedule when I was eating. So now I'm like more of, all right, if I wake up early in the morning, I'm going to get my workout in and I'll take like a snack and then go into my next thing or whatever. If I, it's a long run, like a three hour run, then I'll just take snacks in my uh in my uh running vest or on the bike you know whichever and then with running and swimming i'll take a snack to eat in between each discipline um but yeah so um calorie counting not really but if I had yeah, on like a day that I do multiple things to where like some days I might train for like a solid six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to dedicate that one day off to, I'm going to do a super brick swim bike run and it's going to take me that long to do in between. So I'll eat in between that. It's probably somewhere four to 5,000 calories. Jesus but that's just food, not even counting liquid with electrolytes and athletic beers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's probably 5,000 calories, but I eat plants. So it's a lot of beans, a lot of potatoes, uh, oatmeal in the morning, a lot of complex carbohydrates, just so I can keep that energy up throughout the day. Um, and usually the day before I'll eat kind of a good meal before I know that I'm going to be going that long Mm -hmm. so it it just really depends like how i plan it out in my head like i don't really write down a schedule yeah i I just go by body feel yeah i tried to do the whole scheduling thing and i I don't know it just it it messed with me up here because i'm like "Ah, now i gotta i gotta have to stick to this like and then if it doesn't work out then i have to kind of you know deviate from the plan and change things around so I kind of just go by like what I can do in that day. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of been something that I've done too. Where I'm trying to balance more with what my goals are and then I'll feel it out. And it's like, I've eaten one meal today. That's probably about 1200 calories. I should probably eat something else. Yeah. Uh, a, a good thing. Like, like what I said with the burritos. So like uh, I'll make, tofu eggs right tofu scrambled eggs mm-hmm. and the steamed potatoes um some greens either spinach or kale uh you can put some avocado in there uh vegan cheese if you want i mean it just depends on how many calories you want to take in but if you get the big burrito wrap you wrap that all together maybe even a little salsa i, I put salsa in there too mm-hmm. that right there is going to give me a thousand calories so if i need a quick meal right there like Oh, and beans. Sorry, I didn't even say beans in there, but mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like a thousand calories in that burrito. And I'm just going to 
down it if I need to, if I'm suppressing myself for calories at that point. Yeah. So I keep those wrapped in the refrigerator and they're just ready to go. Nice. That's awesome. I gotta, I gotta get on this burrito trend. Uh, yeah, I mean, it worked for 220 days. Uh, now I just have one like, you know, every maybe once a week. What, what broke the trend? Were you just like sick and tired of eating burritos every day or? No, just, uh, what was it? We made, we made like something else for dinner or whatever, like pizza or something. And I totally forgot. And I was like, I didn't have my burrito today. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> After I broke the streak, I was just like, all right, that's it. You know, like. I'm never touching another burrito again. <laughs> I was I was trying to get Mission Tortillas to sponsor me. There we go. To to get more uh, burritos and stuff and some more wraps, and then uh, then they never responded. So I was like, yeah, all right, well, there goes that. I should have tried Tostitos too. Maybe go for a nacho streak. Yeah, there we go. I, I will down some nachos any day of the week. Yeah, it's it's like poison to me. Like um, that is my poison because uh, chips and salsa is like my favorite snack. Yeah, in block. So like, um, like she just bought like a bunch of salsa and didn't buy any chips. And I'm like, how do you? what the heck woman? And she's like, I know I messed up. And I'm like, well, as long as you know that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) she knows I have a chips and salsa problem and she like forgot the chips, but she apologized. So it was okay. So it's all good. We're all good. Yeah. All good. I'll go get some tonight. Yeah. Um, So getting back to the training quickly, what, what do you prefer training in hot or cold? Um, Honestly, relatively speaking, knowing that you're in Texas. No, I'm in California. You're in California. Okay. I used to live in Texas. Okay. So that's kind of where my trail name came from being the outlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to born to run last year and volunteered and like, you know, everybody gets a trail name. So they're asking me about my family past and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, uh, um, my family came here because my great, great, great grandfather in Germany was an outlaw. He was a horse thief. So they're like, you're outlaw. That's <laughs> so awesome. I, was like, I was like, all right, I'm outlaw. Um, Cause they were like, yeah, you lived in Texas and it just fits. I was like, okay. There we go. Yeah. There's my name. Uh, so, so you you prefer like hotter weather when training or something? Uh, so this is where it gets iffy. So I like cold water, swimming in the ocean and stuff, and the lakes, which is cold. So, you know, I just to me that's that's cold training, right? Cold weather because it's cold. It's sixty degrees or less, and then. Uh, in California, I mean, most days are sunny. Today, it's a little cloudy. It started sunny, but it's a little cloudy. Uh, it gets pretty hot here on the coast, right by Santa Barbara. So, um, And I usually run, like when I get off work in the middle of the day when it's the hottest. So I'm used to running in the heat. But then on my days off, I'll run in the mornings when it's cold. So I don't really have a preference, honestly. Like... I like the cold and I like the hot because some workouts might go well in the cold and then some might go better in the heat or vice versa, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't really have a preference on that. Well, what's your preference on it? I'm definitely hot weather. I would, I would much rather go out and run 20 miles in 110 degree weather than in 20 degree weather. I'm also saying that coming off of winter training for a marathon. So I have recently run in 20 weather and it's just, it's just miserable. Now, if you were to run a hundred mile race, would you rather it be in the heat or would you rather it be in the cold? 
I would still probably have to say the the hotter end just because my body tenses up so much more in the cold so i'm not as loose i'm not as limber so i i would almost be more worried about an injury in the cold than an injury in the heat the heat obviously you have the hydration issue if it's 110 and the sun's beating down on you but you can always come back from that you know you just slip a salt pill and drink some water and be on your way yeah yeah, I'd, I'd much rather do do hot, I think. Oh, God. See, with, with, with cold, I would think it it wouldn't be so bad because you wear your layers, and as you get hot, you take layers off, and as you get cold, you put them back on. Depending on where your stop points are to where if you have drop bags, then you can change out the dryer clothes, so on and so forth. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really interested in shoe uh, snowshoe racing, too. Like uh, – a few of the athletes for ABC have been talking about it recently. I'm like, I'm pretty intrigued about that. Um, Cause I, you know, I know foot races of, you know, walking on snowshoes and stuff, but they're actually like running in snowshoes now. What? Yeah. The ABC ambassadors will do anything that's physically challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I love about them is that like, there's, there's someone in the group who's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll try it. Why not? Yeah. You go first, though. <laughs> you go first. You let me know how successful you are at it. If you don't die or get injured, then I'll go out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, me in the snow, I, I will say this. I, I have kind of a, a uh, bad pass with the snow just because when I was deployed, we went out on a mission and we were in snow, like up to my neck. Oh, God. And uh, I recently just saw my doc from the army, what, three weeks ago now? He lost three quarters of his feet due to frostbite because we got stuck out in this cold for 24 hours. God. 24 hours. They wouldn't come and get us because there were clouds in the sky and, you know, a little bit of sleep. So they didn't want to come pick us up when we had a bunch of cold weather casualties within the first two hours, there was a bunch of guys that went down. I changed my socks out seven times and that was the amount of pairs I took. Um, So I lost like all the feeling in my feet that day. I had them pressed against a hot stove. I got like mild hypothermia. Like when we got back, like they had to wrap me in like four different sleeping bags and give me pills. And like I was bedridden for like three days because of that. Wow. Like, I was delirious. What was that? How cold was it? Uh, What was it? Negative 20? Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. In Afghanistan, we were, what was it? Um, We were at uh, Fobchank, and we flew out to the Baraki Barak area in Afghanistan to go check out a... uh, HME house, which is a homemade explosive like area where they're making the bombs, which it turned out to just be a, a donkey farmer. And, you know, the Taliban were just going through these people's houses and stuff and telling them they need to be on their side, basically. But the intel that we got that that's where the HME factory was. So they, uh, they gave us some non bread, let us put our feet on their stove and, um, we waited till we got helicopters to fly in and pick us up the Chinooks. We, we took contact that day to some RPGs and um, yeah, it was, it was hard to move around in that cold weather. So that's insane. We, we finally, like my wife and I, like I finally went back to the snow for the first time just last year. We took the kids to the snow, just what, like, right in the mountains over here and yeah i don't know it's just like triggering for me i'm just like you know it brings up bad memories and stuff and that was like the coldest day of my life i thought my testicles froze off (laughs) yeah it was that cold oh yeah that was a literal thing not a figurative yeah yeah balls are falling off it's like (laughs) yeah it was it was so painful damn uh 
You got you got me beat. Yeah. On everything. <laughs> you got me beat. Uh, but yeah, so going back to the cold, even though like Everest has been like a dream of mine since I was a kid, like I want to climb Everest, you know. Now I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> not a goal. That's not. I think, that's I think I'm okay. Uh, I think I'm okay. Wow. Well, this this has been absolutely awesome. Definitely like the best happy hour I've had for this season of the podcast so far. Um, so thank you so much for joining me tonight, Eric. It's been awesome. And thank you for your service. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. I can't thank you enough. And what you're doing is inspiring and amazing and why you're doing it is even more inspiring and incredible. So where can people find you on social media and reach out and get connected and stuff? So uh, my Instagram handle is outlaw underscore ultra athlete 91. Um, that's mainly where I stay. Uh, Facebook is more of like ABC ambassadors family, but I mean, if they want to make a connection on there, they just got to find me by my first and last name, Eric Koenig. Um, and I'm wearing like, or I'm drinking athletic beer now. I changed my profile picture, but, uh, yeah, so that's where they can find me. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty responsive if, if anybody has questions. So um, you just got to reach out. Um, yeah, so in a happy hour, I, I looked you up on, uh, on Apple. Um, how can people listen to you more so then I can tell people about um, on, on Apple? I the podcast it says um your last episode was like the middle of last year yeah so we did kind of break at the end of season one for that one and work on some other projects and now this is part of what i'm calling season two. Oh, gotcha um, and i've had a little trouble getting through to apple because they're kind of reorganizing their whole podcast structure uh -huh. um so we are on spotify okay primarily and this season is called cocktails convos and cold ones uh -huh. um but it's still through the na happy hour and everything and um all on our own, uh, on all of our social media um at the na happy hour um on instagram facebook twitter all the stuff um so you can find us there and check it out and the na happy hour.com gotcha and then uh, do you guys have a Patreon? We just started working on a Patreon uh, now. Yeah, we are rolling that out and starting to promote that. It's been something I've been working on for the last couple months, trying to uh, get some awareness out there, get some benefits going and connect with the listeners and the fans a little more. Yeah. Um, you should do uh, like bonus happy, happy hour and do the happy hour lounge conversation where you extend the conversation a little bit. So yeah. VIP members get into the VIP lounge of the NA happy hour. That's, that's one of the tiers is we're doing like a monthly happy hour for everyone in that tier where it's just VIP and everything. We can hang out and it'll, it'll be on a zoom call and we can just hang out and chill for an hour or so and just shoot the shit. Yeah. So and and one of the tiers is also uh, I send you beer. What? So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, uh, what races do you have this year? Like, we we didn't really talk about you. We talked about me this whole time. Oh, the, the viewers have heard about me. They know about me. They don't care about me anymore. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I do. What races you got this year? You said um, so, you're back in training. You're trying to get out of a right. little stump here. Um. I'm probably going to register for the Shamrock 5K that's here. In hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say probably, all right? I, fine. This, I will this is where you need to change your priorities right here. I will register for it tonight and send you the confirmation. Boom. There you go. Um, in April, I am doing the Boston Marathon. Oh, snap. Yeah, That's I'm, the big one. Yeah. I'm, it's my hometown marathon. I grew up just outside Boston. Um, Man, I've always wanted to visit that place too. 
it's a, I, I love that city and I as a general rule do not like cities <laughs> do you like uh, the Dropkick Murphys by mandatory association yes <laughs> that was my that was my favorite band growing up nice, nice. I, I grew up a punk rocker um, I like ska and that, that's my go-to is Dropkick nice. the first concert I ever went to was Dropkick <sighs> Nice. That was a great one. That's a great yeah. one. Um, I've been to their bar in Boston, McGreevy's. Yeah, I want to go. <laughs> That's awesome. If you go, uh, hit me up. We can. Yeah, we'll have to go. Probably get home for the weekend or something. Um, I got to find a race out there to do. Yeah, there's got to be some some race or something out there. there I know there's a, um, oh, May is um, doing a Ragnar race in May. Um. Maybe we could get a team together too with uh, some ambassadors since Ragnar is uh, one of our I mean, race series. It's not, an official, it's not officially Ragnar brand, but I'm for general description, people know what Ragnar is. So, yeah. I'll probably have some lawyer mailing me a season. <laughs> um, it's an overnight relay race. Oh, okay. So that's May. And then June and July, I haven't actually revisited what I was going to do in 2020. I had one race planned for every month. Oh yeah. And COVID happened and everything blew up. Um, so I need to revisit that list and see what I was planning on doing and see if those races are still happening again. August, there's a, um, an annual race down here. That's at a, uh, local winery. So you go and do a 5k and then hang out and they have like, cheese and wine and stuff afterwards um and then september and october i uh, don't have anything planned october i might do uh something up in corning new york there's the okay. wine glass series where they have the uh 5k and their marathon weekend is there as well uh november is going to be turkey trot back at my parents house and December, there is a Celtic Solstice five five miler uh -huh. that runs around one of the parks in Baltimore City. And there's like hot soup and everything in the tent. We all just kind of hang out and chill out. Have you have you ran anything over a marathon yet? No. Do you do you want to? Part of me does, but at the same time, like I'm. I'm content with the marathon distance right now. Um, I, I would definitely have to get some like weird spurt of like inspiration and. Well, you you've read Born to Run, right? No, no, you should read it. That that'll be your inspiration right there. And then I'm doing the that four day race I'm doing is Born to Run ultra marathons here in California. So I'm camping out and running for four days and I'm volunteering too. So, um, yeah, so we do the four day race, the hundred mile, 60 mile, 30 mile, 10 mile. And then now we have a born to adapt event for adaptive athletes for a three hour challenge. That's awesome. But yeah, so it's April this year. Usually it's in May, but we moved it up to April cause May it's just too damn hot. Yeah in the Los Padres area, national forest. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say if, if you're looking for inspiration and in how to do your first ultra, that, that would be a great way to start. You come out here at camp for the week, meet a ton of awesome people. You'll meet barefoot Ted McDonald, the, uh, the creator of Luna sandals. Nice. He used to be the poster child for Vibram, which they still use Vibram for their, their sandal bottoms. Um, and then, uh, what Lewis Escobar, he's also in born to run. Uh, he's a photographer for Scott Jurek too. So, uh, he helped Scott Jurek on his Appalachian trail, um, record that he did from Southbound to Northbound. Awesome. If you, if you know who those people are. I've heard, I've heard the names. Yeah. I admittedly haven't done too much research into them, but. Yeah, so this weekend is actually Ultra Caballo Blanco, which is the race that they went to Mexico and did in 2006. Sweet. So that's a 100-mile race. So what what defines an ultra? 
Uh, it's basically a 50K and beyond, but now Ultra Signup has been making a lot of shorter races like 10Ks, 5Ks, 5-milers, five 10-milers. Basically, Ultra now is just like the trail running community. Okay. Because you know road road races, you're you're obviously going to run a lot faster on roads. Yeah, trails, it's a lot harder to run that fast. But there are some people that are freaking beasts, like Jim Wamsley. I, I don't know if you've seen him, but gosh dang man, his legs when they move, it is crazy. So some of the athletes, just like watching them run, it's like, dear God, your legs are like the size of my like hips, like. <laughs> yeah. One one leg is the size of both my hips. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I read read that book honestly. That was like that was the second book I read when I did seventy five hard. Um, since you got to read ten pages minimum a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that and Goggins' book got me intrigued to where I was learning more about ultra running at first because those those two books right there, and then reading Eat and Run, which was Scott Jurek. And then North, which is also Scott Jerk's book. Those books right there, you know, got my interest. And now I'm just ultra running. Like, I, I haven't even done a marathon. Like, I, I skipped the marathon and went straight to running 50Ks, 50 milers, and Ironman. So, and have you, did you work with any like training group or anything when doing that? Or was it just, no, I, I just created my own training plan and, and went with it. You, sir, need to write a book uh eventually you know like i want to at least get more experience under my belt first before i start writing about myself i I just i I feel like my story is not so compelling right now i i want to make something more of myself first you know just hitting my achievements and doing the goals that i set out to do before i can talk about them um you know it's one thing to train but when you actually see it through yeah. and that's, that's what I want to do. I want to see it through at the end of the finish line of each race. I do. I'm trying, my main goal right now is to not DNF. Yeah. <laughs> Cause uh, I kind of overloaded myself this year with all these hundred K's and hundred milers. Mm-hmm. And then what the 19th this month, I got uh, nine trails. It's a 35 mile race. And that's two weeks before I go run or go do the half Ironman. And then the half Ironman is two weeks before I do the four day run. So, and then that's a month from my hundred K, which is the Western States qualifier. So I got a busy spring right now. So I'm trying not to get hurt and I'm trying not to DNF. So it's just kind of, yeah. Busy. You're, you're insane. And I absolutely love it. Like, I absolutely love what you're doing, the ambition you got. Like, yeah, I I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I I could have either sat around thinking about ending it or I could have done something about it like I did. And getting out and doing this stuff has repurposed my life um, for the best way. Yeah. Um, It's changed my relationships with, um, you know, people closest to me. People I don't even know. Um, you know, I, I just kind of cornered myself for so long and just kept quiet. And I, I still do, you know, like I like my alone time when I'm out on the trail. But um, being around like this group of people that just accepts you for who you are. And um, that's what I love about the Born to Run community. And the all we do is run community, which all we do is run is the company that puts on the race. So okay. if, if, if you want to look into the races, if, if you want to come out, I think he's putting on a new race in Paso Robles too. So it's wine country and there's like a 48 hour, 24 hour, 12 hour, so on. You just camp out. And then we also do back on the ranch in October, the beginning of October. In case you want to fly out and camp out and see the beautiful California coast. I mean, want to absolutely. Do I have the vacation time to take it? Work towards it. Work towards it. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. I I'm definitely working on that. Yeah. Um, but Eric, again, thanks for chatting with me. This was awesome, and I hope to keep in contact and hopefully uh, kind of like an Instagram live at some point. Maybe when we're both out doing a run or something. 
Yeah, uh, maybe after I finish the spring, these spring races. Yeah, maybe we can uh, hop back on and do another one. That'd be awesome. Because um, what in two weeks I have nine trails, then I have the Ironman, then Born to Run. So maybe after Born to Run week, right after Easter, basically, I'll be. And that'll be right after the uh, Boston Marathon, because that's Easter Monday. Boom. So then we can talk about both both of our races and how they went and what we expected and what it turned out to be. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. All right. We'll schedule that and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Cheers, Chris. Cheers.